Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Bitcoin Roundtable. This is episode 32, and we hope you all enjoyed our show last week. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about Bitcoin, and over the last week or so, there's been a, a bit of a fluctuation in Bitcoin. Uh, kind of mid-July, it just started to jump up from, uh, what, 6,400, 60, it's popped up to over 8. Mm-hmm. Was it 8,000? I believe it got yeah, somewhere around the low eights, eighty three hundred or something like that. Or something US like that. Dollars, yeah. So it's come down off of that a bit. This is kind of like the holding zone, so you know, it could go up from here or down from here, which is obvious I guess it's gonna go one way or the other eventually, but mm-hmm. If it breaks down further, it could drop significantly, though there is some confidence that, you know, this floor will hold and then it'll start to rise from here. So that's basically what it is. I don't really know. All right. My general sense is in the long term it's going to go up, but good Lord, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, that's where we've always been, right? We've never been ones to sit around and predict the short term. So Libby, you were talking about uh, the bull, the bear, <laughs> and what, what else was it that you were interested in? All of the acronyms, I have no idea. I'm tweeting to these people. And you don't no know the acronym? Oh, no you know. idea what I'm retweeting. Ah. Uh, what is a bull? What is a bear? What is mooning? What is holder? Holder? Hodel. Hodel. What is altcoin? What is... What's the other one I keep on hearing? Shitcoin? Probably. Okay, well, let's let's start from the first one, the bull and the bear. Simplest way to put it, and if I mess it up, Darren, help me out. If we are in a bull market, we are in a good market. Everything is going up. Bull is good. You can't say good, though, because some people short stocks, in which case, if it goes down, they make money. There's no good or bad, but generally, I guess, bull market's good because most people, they own the underlying stock, coin, so in a bull market, it goes up. Their holdings are worth more. In a bear market, it can get very frightening because bear market means the price is coming down. And, of course, the interesting part about prices coming down are if you hold an asset that's declining in price do you sell (laughs) if it's coming down in the belief that it perhaps will come down more or do you hold and not buy anymore or sell any just wait it out or do you actually buy more as in load up right in the expectation that it will eventually go up again what we have learned or not we i guess what has been proven over time and through various studies is that human emotions are effectively your worst enemy when you're an investor because human emotions seem to trigger the worst trading decisions that you could possibly do in the worst possible times that you could Mm -hmm. do it. An example of that was the uh, 2008 stock market crash I don't know I don't have to spell it out I mean everything went to hell and the banks were getting bailed out and you know the markets were down I think 30 I think they overall the index I mean it went down on approximately 30 percent or something like that massive stock crash yeah and of course it's always easy to have hindsight but when you look at the charts right at the the end there when 
you know, the bottom 5% when things were still crashing was when people really started panicking and started selling everything. And in hindsight, the, the smart people who don't trade emotionally were the ones that were buying all those sales, you know, within a year of those purchases. I mean, they've they made um, an astounding amount of money because all the stocks went back up again. Because they didn't trade with emotion. Right. Um, you know, and the same thing happens in a bull market as well, which can catch you pretty hard and cause a lot of problems and that's the the FOMO side of it right <laughs> like if you see an asset that you know perhaps say three months ago was worth a dollar and then you checked it a month later and it's a buck 20 mm-hmm. right and then a month later all of a sudden it's a buck 50 and what's the human emotion tell you right at, at its rawest it's telling you Mortgage your house, take all the money you have, including all your friends' money, the any friends that'll loan you money, take all that money and put it in at a buck fifty because it's for sure going up to two bucks or three bucks, you know, right, you're gonna double right. your money. And that's of course when the smart people are selling, right? They know it's gone up in price in an astronomical amount and it's in bubble territory and that's the time to sell when everyone else is starting to buy. And FOMO for everybody, but it's, it's an acronym for fear of missing out. Right. You don't want to hop on that train of goodness and uh, usually that's about the point where the train starts slowing down is when <laughs> all the masses start to jump in. So yep. saw it with Bitcoin. Real estate is a huge... It's, it's everywhere. Uh, in real estate, I guess you could say it happens on a much broader yet slower timeline, right? It takes years for things to peak out like real estate or bottom out, you know, whereas uh, with cryptocurrency, runs 24-7, it's instant, and everybody's trading it, so it's the, the speed of the the bear and the bull market in crypto can be astoundingly fast. And of course, that's what traders like, right? They, the faster it goes up and down, the higher the volatility in a very short time span, and a good trader can make a lot more money, and a bad trader lose a lot more money, so it's, right. it's an interesting concept, I guess you could say. Okay, so... Bull and bear. Bull means it's going up, yep. bear means it's going down. Simple. Holdall. Holdall was one I found very interesting because it was actually one I didn't know. Holdall was, from what I understand, a <laughs> drunk guy made a mistake and couldn't spell. And it stuck. It's a posting online. You can still actually find it on the internet. Where was it? Bitcointalk.org or something like that. Is that where we found it? Okay. Yeah, it was a forum post. It was basically, you know, some guy answering some other questions about trading Bitcoin. And this guy, it was in 2013 that he answered. He's basically saying, you know, Bitcoin is going down, but I'm holding. He wanted to spell holding. He tried to spell it right twice, but he was drunk and <laughs> they both came out as holding. <laughs> so he just said, whatever, I've drunk, but that's how it is. So for some reason, that's taken over the Internet as it just means to hold. That's hilarious that it so when, so when Bitcoin goes down and it gets really scary, as has happened in the past, it has gone down significant. It has huge highs and then massive lows, right? Yeah. And he's just saying, Total. I don't trade. He said, I don't trade it because I missed the trades. I just hold. I don't know. It's kind of what we do. We don't really trade it. We no. Just, we just buy a little bit over time. And hold on to it. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the, the concept of, of hodling. 
Yeah, it's it's neat. You know, if you're going to trade, you know, we've talked to, we trade HQ and Bitcoin Smart Money, and they're both active traders. My hat's off to both both parties. And I think the, the Bitcoin Smart Money fellow, we actually asked him about his time input in it, and he mm-hmm. says he's kind of got it all automated now. But for me, trading Bitcoin, like I was trading currencies, and it's just, it's not for me. You know, you can't get away from it when you, I found when I have an active trade, of significance in the system that I just have to watch the charts. And, right. And you do that for a year or two and, um, you know, you find out eventually either trading's for you or it's not. And I just, I couldn't be glued to a screen all the time. I just couldn't do it. So that's why I hold, I don't trade. I just, I just hold and teach their own and, and uh, more power to them all. Can you tell me what mooning is? Mooning. Mooning is very simple. Mooning means that something goes up and goes to the moon. Is that correct, Aaron? Yeah. Like, mooning's become a pretty popular term with the ICO coins because it's not just bull market, right? When a coin moons, like, you know, it might go from 10 cents to 10 bucks. Like, that's, that's just a massive massive the bull market on steroids yeah that's that's what it is so if something's mooning that means it's really ramped up huge so So it's taken off yeah is the term overused right now yeah i would say so i guess if someone says you know xyz has mooned i understand what they're saying and they only had to say three words right so it's a short explanation to to get the point across that something just went up massively in value, but it's definitely overused. To add to that, if you're not invested in a coin that's mooned and someone's saying that, maybe it's kind of a negative and they're trying to draw in more people. Maybe they invoke a little fear of missing out so that maybe you're thinking, well, if it's moon, maybe it'll keep mooning. And Like you said, the term's being way overused. You know, maybe I'll throw 10 bucks in and turn it into 100 or, you know, sure. like, yeah. I don't know. It's definitely overused on many of the internet discussion areas that I look at. But yet again, you know, the the counterpoint to that is it's a really concisely worded term that gets the point across. So a couple episodes ago, we were talking about ShakePay. And I believe that Libby and I had some issues getting on or signing up for the ShakePay account. You were saying that you've actually had some success and were able to use it? Okay, ShakePay, Lib, talk to us. Well, you know how I feel about how much time I've spent on this already. Yes. How much time have you actually spent on it? I think I've spent three hours on it. Let's be realistic. I honestly think I've spent three hours You've spent three hours messing around trying to get shake pay. Yeah. Okay. And they were frustrating hours. Yeah. Well, that's a a significant amount of time. Okay, so the first hour, what happened? Well, I downloaded the app. Yeah. And then we came across the issue where my legitimate Canadian cell phone was thought to be a VoIP. Um, that both Vince and I, who were both trying to download ShapePay, didn't know what VoIP is, so there was that whole right. discovery process. And then I joyful. learned about it. And... Yeah. Uh, then I had, I was chatting and emailing two people from ShapePay, and I'm now on ShapePay, so I'm feeling more positive, but I've got to say my interaction with them was less than positive and less than productive. Like, I didn't feel that they really knew 
what to do with my situation. I sent numerous emails to this girl and she did eventually sort it out, so I'm, I'm not going to be too scathing. I guess I'm not used to, let's go back to Amazon. Amazon customer service is very good now. You just send them a message and it gets sorted out, basically. They've had every single issue in the book happen to them, so they know what to do. It's a different context, but I'm just not used to customer service like this, I suppose. Hmm. Explain the customer service. Well, I would say to her, I have got a Canadian cell phone. Yep. You think my cell phone isn't Canadian. How do I get on shape pay? And she would just email back, I'm trying to resolve this. Thank you. Okay. And I'd email back going, how can I help you? Or can I send you a bill? She'd email back, I'm sorry, it didn't get resolved. Well, that kind of sounds like the first time I tried to get on ShakePay, and, and they sent me that email that I showed you, Darren. They sent me the email regarding the VoIP. Yes. As they did Libby. With Libby. Yeah. And this was before the customer service experience you're talking about? Well, that was equally as frustrating, because they just said, is your phone VoIP? But you got the VoIP email first. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. I was still interacting with them with the VoIP issue. Because we were emailing back. Before and after. Because I was saying, what is VoIP? And they would just email back going, do you have a VoIP phone? And I'd email back going, what is a VoIP phone? Do I have a VoIP phone? Question mark. And they'd email back going, do you have a VoIP phone? Question mark. No one would tell me what a VoIP phone is. Yeah, I had the exact same experience. I didn't understand it until you explained it to me and you explained it to me in a minute. And I know I probably sound stupid as saying this and I repeat it all the time, but... (laughs) It's very frustrating when people who know computers, computer language, there's a big disconnect to trying to explain to someone who doesn't know it. Yeah, but this is an app thing. It's a simple app. We're not talking technical. We're just trying to... Like, yeah, but his point, his point stands even more so, though. I, I felt like the people I was talking to were either a robot initially. It was strange. No one was really giving me an explanation about what was happening. You thought you asked a straightforward question and you did not get a yeah. straightforward answer. And well, they're canned answers. Sh- sure. We'll carry on, but I'll, I'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah, but but anyway, so eventually I was really getting frustrated because I, I mean, I'm doing it for the podcast. I emailed back. And I sent a photo of our Rogers bill with my cell phone number. And I was like, this is my cell phone. It's Canadian. Do you need a copy of my passport? Which, by the way, I wasn't happy about sending. <laughs> then I get this random text from a random number. Hello, Libby. <laughs> We're just trying to verify your phone. I was like, oh, my goodness, finally, finally, something's happening. I can't believe it. Even then, like, they verified the phone. And even then, getting onto it was tricky because... I don't really know how to explain it without it being really boring, but when you're going through the stages, you put in your email address and you put in your phone. I put in my phone number and it still came up. It would say, this is not a valid Canadian address. Right. So then I email back going, I know it's verified, but I still am stuck on this this section in the website. And eventually they just jumped me through. I don't know how they did that, but I went straight to profession and all this other random stuff. So they did set me up and I'm totally fine now. I've sent them cash. Again, it seems shady. I sent it through Interact, some random Gmail address. But anyway, it seems to come up in the app. But when you say sent through Interact, there's multiple ways. So you emailed. Yes. You emailed Shake Bank, I think, because ShakePay is actually a registered bank. Okay. Mm. So. Well, that again, nothing's clear. But right, to I, add to that, my online banking, I set up ShakePay as a bill payment. 
right. so that all I have to do is select them and I could pay it and they get emailed money. You're right though. It is. It, ha- it has a weird shady feel because you're just emailing a random email address but well, it's kind of the way with anything when you send money though yes but again on amazon like it's you know that worst case scenario if the product doesn't come you're going to get a refund like i just fired off 50 dollars into the cyberspace so where where are you at with shape payments uh just before i left they wanted me to do the exact same thing maybe did and take care of my voip and i have not <laughs> so done take care of your voip <laughs> I just, I haven't done it since I've been back and I will do it. It's on my list to do. They never asked me for ID. The only reason I sent it because you told me to. Well, they shouldn't need ID. I don't really see why they should need ID. Well, to prove that our cell phone is Canadian and not a VoIP phone. They would have if you didn't. They had multiple opportunities to ask me because I was like, this is a Canadian cell phone. What do you need? But okay. There's no protocol. And I get it. I get it. I get it. Let's look at it from the other side of the coin. Oh, sure. All right. Say a couple years ago, you liked Bitcoin and you wanted to be able to set up a service where people could buy Bitcoin, send money, and then in exchange it for Bitcoin, I guess is a better term for it. So you kind of set up a website or an app to facilitate that. And it's all above board and everything's great and gravy and no problem. And and I think when you buy Bitcoin, from what I know of ShakePay, I think they buy a chunk of Bitcoin at a time. And then, you know, you buy it at that price. So they're, you know, Bitcoin on the exchanges could actually be priced a little differently, higher or lower, but ShakePay has their own price. And, you know, they get a percentage, a very small percentage, which is why we like ShakePay, because if you want to buy $10 worth of Bitcoin, they take very little. So most of them, you know, uh, almost 100% of the money that you're using to exchange for Bitcoin is actually used in the exchange on like what you would find with um, ATMs and most other ways where you trade Bitcoin in which there's many exchanges out there. I mean, some it's just a straight $20 or $40 cost every time you want to trade for Bitcoin. Right. Like they just take that money and it's that much less Bitcoin that you can buy. For some ATMs, it ranges in the 7 to 15 percent range so if you wanted to buy a thousand dollars of bitcoin on an atm you have to feed in sometimes it's like you know 1200 bucks mm. and then you get a thousand bucks worth of bitcoin they take yeah. a huge fee that's huge so shake pay has gained a lot of popularity partly because their fees are quite low mm. and it's simple now what has happened lately is fintrack has happened fintrack is basically why banks and such don't want you to use cash anymore. They want you to use Interact and such because that way they can track all of your expenditures and know where all the money you have came from, including where it's going. And that's what has happened to ShakePay. You can't escape it. ShakePay has had to register as a bank because they are taking fiat money and exchanging Mm. it for a good. And if you're going to be a bank, an authorized bank, which you need to be, obviously, or they just come and raid you and shut you down, they need to enable FinTrack. And what FinTrack means is if you're going to send money to buy a Bitcoin, they need to know exactly who you are and verify it. 
and they record every transaction hmm. and it's reportable. Wow. And if you don't play that game, then you're not going to be able to buy Bitcoin. The only other way you could buy Bitcoin without FinTrack is literally finding a buddy or something like that and throwing them cash. But when it comes to large trades, cash isn't really going to happen. You're not going to bring a half a million bucks in a suitcase to some guy and <laughs> get to a Starbucks and trade it for Bitcoin. That's just ridiculous. Transactions of any significance are now tracked financially. Most people, in the back of their minds, they know what's happening. They see it. Right. Um, but they don't really understand it. It's only really come on strong in the last couple of years. And... Obviously, government of all kinds love it, you know, and they'll use an excuse of detecting terrorist activity and all that stuff. And that's how it was all brought in under the guise of some bomb goes off in Afghanistan or Iran or somewhere. And all of a sudden, the whole citizenry has to have all of their finances documented and tracked and uh, that's really what's happening so hmm. shake pay is basically had no choice to do what they do and i know it's annoying but the interesting side of it is the customer service and i, I see a lot of problems there as you have expounded upon but really when you take a look at it they're not making hardly any money yeah. i envision you know one or two people working in the basement somewhere trying to deal with 200,000 people trying to get verified. With different issues, yeah. And the experience you've shared saying, uh, I got the same email back, like you're not verified. What that is, is they're running a program like Salesforce, perhaps, I don't know for sure. I, I don't know Salesforce, but there's customer service programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get emails. They'll look at 100 emails. They don't have time to write an email. Like program response. They click the thousand emails that come in and they can't keep up. So that's what they do. But knowing you, you sent in the ID, I'm, I'm quite sure and certain they saw that. And then obviously you're at the next level. Then they said, okay, well, let's take the time and send an actual email because they're already, you know, they're almost there. It's really a matter of just massive volume and they don't have the income to really pay the customer service. Banks have the income because they'll peel 20, 25 bucks a month off you for every bank account you have. Hmm. That's how customer service gets paid. Yeah. But it's interesting because it really brings forth the whole issue between, you know, margin. If you want to buy a Bitcoin and somebody is peeling 10 to 15% off your purchase, sometimes it's an easier process and you paid for it. Right. Um, Shake pay used to be easy before FinTrack got a hold of them and saying, well, as a bank, you have to verify. So they're going to verify and, and away you go. Well, thanks, Darren. So how do I buy then? I just wanted to buy some Ethereum, and then I get that, a barcode. Okay, that's your Ethereum address. So if someone wanted to send you Ethereum, that's the address they would send it to. That barcode is. But in your main account of your ShakePay app, it should say funds. Add funds, yeah. You sent funds, right? Yeah, there's funds. Okay, so there's funds, and then what's, what is there? BTC, add BTC. East, add ETH. Okay, let me see. You basically want to exchange your $20 Canadian for Ethereum, right? You want to buy Ethereum? Yeah, yeah. So that's what you want to do. It takes time to understand the functionality, but when it comes to ShakePay or any other app, basically you'll look at 3D barcodes. That's your receiving address, so if someone wants you to send you money, you show them the barcode. If you want to trade funds, then you exchange funds. I don't know, it's all... 
It just takes a little time to get familiar with. I can guarantee you it's highly worth your time. And what else do I want to say? Finish off the shake pay conversation. Consider the fact that Bitcoin is currently sitting at how much? 7,700 US dollars. Yeah. Which means, well, 17 plus million Bitcoins out there that have been bought and sold and traded and such. There's not that many left. And take a look at the difficulty in the experience in buying Bitcoin that Libby has undergone and Vince is still trying to undergo. Now think about what happens when it becomes easy to buy Bitcoin. Just like Bitcoin Smart Money said, the time to buy an asset is when it's really difficult to buy because most (laughs) people give up. Yeah. When it becomes easy to buy, everybody buys. Yep. And when everybody buys, what happens to the price? Yeah. You know, that's what I see with ShakePay and all these so many blocks put up with the Canadian banking. I have bank accounts where I will not send money to to anywhere to trade for Bitcoin because I know they'll close my accounts. Right. You know, because they have the power to do so. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a fuck you, I'm just going to close this account because you had the audacity to... Yeah. At the end of the day, it's such a childish reaction, it's almost stunning. But that's what you're going to encounter. Yeah. So do the due diligence now and figure out how to get there is what you're saying because one day it'll pay. Fight to get your Bitcoin, you know? Don't give up. Because when it's easy, everyone's going to buy it. Buy it, right. So you're now an Ethereum owner. Am I? I haven't done the exchange. I'm going to let you press the button. 50k gets you 0.09 ETH. There you go. Just hit the bottom button. Do it, Libby. Do it. You just bought Ethereum, Libby. Congratulations. Does it say? Yes. Hey! All right, what do you got? 0.08 Ethereum. 0.09 Ethereum. All right. Congratulations. Do you know what you bought it at? No. Oh. Okay. 500 and something. Okay. That's Canadian, 500 Canadian for all our listeners. Are you going to find yourself looking at the price of Ethereum now more often than you ever did? Or are you not going to ever look at she it again? I just want some Ethereum. No, I'm not going to look at it. Are you going to hold on to it? Yeah. She's a big fan of Vitalik. I'm not going to do yeah. anything with it. You're just going to hold on? Hold. Hodl. Hodl. I do keep looking at our wallet though to see if anyone's sent anything. Let me just check. What do you mean? Because I've got a wallet now that I put on our website. We've got a wallet on our website? You yeah, don't pe- read the people notes. can donate if they want. I actually, I read a lot more notes than uh, some people and do. What, so. You know what crypto? Bitcoin and... Bitcoin, Ether or Bitcoin Cash. There you go. It's loading. What's loading? My wallet to see if someone's donated. Oh. I oh, she's checking your wallet? It took me ages to do. <laughs> yeah. I put the barcode on all our social media sites. So people can actually send us? Yeah. Yes! But nobody has. Not well, yet. I don't know yet. Look, it's loading. Not yet. Wow, if they have, I'm going to start crying. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, anything could happen. Yeah, you never know. On the notes, and I said to Vince, you should put your wallet address up on the website as well. Don't what, what, Vince. What? Put a nice picture of your ugly mug on there and put a little address on it. Oh, there. we're not setting up a competition here. No, no, no. No. This really cool crypto podcast in the UK, they just said, please donate to us to help with production costs. I made these yeah. before. But they had a Litecoin wallet and a Bitcoin Cash wallet and an Ether wallet and a Ripple wallet and a Bitcoin wallet. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they could, you could just donate to any of them. And we've got Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, yeah, and Ether. I just got this one wallet that does take those three. I things. mean, I got one with Litecoin, I think, on it. I'm running Jax with JAXX. Handles a lot of different cryptos. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we could do more. If anyone wants to donate and the cryptocurrency that you want to donate in is not supported, send us a text. Oh, Bitcoin yeah. round TBL, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, there you go. All right. We are all learning just like everybody else. Oh, sure are. And, uh, well, you know, it's interesting to, to watch the progression, right? Oh, it's great. It does take time. It's effort. To be honest with you, it's worth doing. Get through it now. Okay, well, thank you for coming out, everybody. Um, we learned a lot about ShakePay. We learned. We learned. Yes, we learned a lot about uh, ShakePay, different acronyms that were, you know, some of us didn't know, and we're hoping that uh, shed a little light on something that you didn't know. And to add to that, yes. ShakePay, we love you. I love you because I'm all set up on it. I've yeah. gone. I've gone through the pain. The rates are great. It's apparently, you know, a little higher if you're selling, but I don't care about that. I'm just buying. So anyways, perhaps as Vince and Libby has mentioned with the VoIP issue, it might be worth just having a little bit more help on your website to explain to the non-techs what exactly the problem is. Anyways. Yeah, well, I just wonder how much business they've missed out on. People who just said, well, all right, I give up okay. and walk away. They'll come back and catch it eventually. It's, but you know, maybe if you're dealing with so many customers, you're overwhelmed anyways. You're not really thinking Perhaps. about that side of it. But, yeah. Uh, anyways, we love you. Our opinions are strictly our opinions, and we're not slamming anybody. We're just maybe offering <laughs> advice to make things a little bit simpler. But thanks for coming out, everybody. Have a great night. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. 